Welcome to Belle and Shell's Best Bits. That's right, we are bringing you the best bits from this week's sensational programme. And it's our brand new podcast, so please enjoy every minute of it. And if you like it, subscribe. Indeed. Enjoy and welcome one, welcome all to this week's Your Manchester. Manchester. The Best Bits. Well, you can usually find him down in the Dales, but he's on our podcast and chatting to us now. It's Danny Miller talking about the 40 miles he's walking for charity. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're taking on the crazy challenge um, in, in uh, going from Stockport, uh, Wednesday, 22nd of July. Um, and it, the, the idea only came about about an hour ago, uh, I'm sorry, about a, a week ago that kind of made us think, actually, this, this is a little bit crazy. Um, but in actual fact, you know, it needed to be a little bit crazy. It needed to be a little bit kind of outside the box because uh, we at the charity, Once Upon a Smile, were, you know, it's no it's no secret that we're, that we're struggling at the moment, uh, as are many different charities and businesses and stuff with COVID. So it needed to be something that was going to um, make people want to put their hands in the pocket, not just for the charity, but also for the sentimentality of how ridiculous this challenge actually is. Um, so yeah. So tell us a little bit about the charity then, Danny. What what's what's what is this charity all about? So the charity called Once Upon a Smile. Um, it was uh, co-founded by uh, myself and um, our best friend Daniel Gillings, uh, another Manchester lad, uh, an actor as well. And uh, we were playing charity football as part of a celebrity football team for many years. Uh, and long story short, we both had our own, our own reasons for starting up the uh, charity, but we wanted it to include families, we wanted it to include children, obviously. Um, and when we kind of did our market research, if you like, we looked at um, what was available for families that had lost uh, a mum or dad or a brother and sister or son or daughter. Um, because at the time, my friend Gavin uh, very sadly passed away and uh, he left behind three beautiful kids. And um, it was kind of all the condolences in a way kind of went to the to the uh, the widow, to the, to, to the, uh, the, the wives. Um, and it made it kind of a little bit like obviously understandable, but it made it a little bit like... Um, wouldn't it be great if they could all just kind of be one unit? Um, so then, cut a long story short, we we kind of made a uh, a pact, Daniel and I, that we were going to take more control of where our uh, charity sponsorship and fundraising money was going to go to. Uh, and we we made Once Upon a Smile, uh, which is a charity now that supports bereaved families um, financially, emotionally, um, practically. We we uh, we provide them with support um, in terms of their bereavement um, process after somebody has passed away. So whether that be a as I say, a mum or dad, a brother, a sister, son or daughter. Um, and we find we found ourselves that it's very um, it's very needed. It fills a, a massive gap in the market and uh, it's a very unique charity and um, and we're very proud of it. But recently in the last um, couple of months, as I say, you know, COVID has kind of really limited us uh, in terms of what we can what we can do for the kids and what we can do for the family families and stuff. So. Uh, on top of that, we've had the fact that the people can't fundraise because a lot of these things are kind of avoid, uh, you know, revolved around uh, group meetings and group sessions and runs and um, you know, all all different kind of group gatherings. And the government have very right told us we can't do it. So I knew I had to do something that would isolate myself on my own uh, and do something that was kind of would lead by example in a way. Of being the co-founder, I felt like I needed to step up and use the profile and um, and, and fill fill the money that we've lost this year. It's 40 miles that you're going to be walking from Stockport all the way to yeah. Are you prepared for this? Are you doing any training? Are you mad? <laughs> yes. Um, all three, uh, yes. <laughs> all three require the answers, yes. No. 
Um, I'm actually doing it with, uh, I was doing it completely on my own. And to be God's honest truth, I was actually thinking to myself, I was just going to put my headphones in um, and just sort of put the sat nav in as you would do a car and go for it. And that was genuine. That was the general truth, um, you know, because I, that's kind of how I thought I was going to do it um, because we don't have time to train, but we also don't have the time to allow six months worth of training because the, the charity is struggling now, not in six months. And so we would just have to do something that was was ridiculous in terms of distance, ridiculous in terms of achievement, but also something that was kind of realistically achievable in terms of, you know, we're not climbing the three peaks in, in five hours. We're not, you know, running the 20 uh, marathon in, in two hours. You know, it's something that we know we, we can kind of complete and we haven't set a, a time on it. But, um, you know, we think it'll take us around 13 hours, which is which is a lot of time. But also, you know, it has to be something because for people to part with the money, especially in this time, you know, it needs to be something that deserves you 20, 30, 40 quids and, and above. And even the five or two quids we've had that, you know, in the in the donation process. Um, and is there a target that you're aiming at? I mean, to be honest, it was I was I was hoping for 10 grand. Um, but then we kind of we exceeded the 10 grand very, very early, which was amazing. And then we kind of thought, well, let's not stop there. Let's see. Let's see how far we can go rather than cap it. So we keep kind of putting the target up um, on just giving in in terms of being able to try and just, you know, raise as much as we can without having to say, right, we've reached our target. Thanks very much, because people can be very generous, you know, uh, before, during and after uh, events like this, just as they have been with, with this event. So um, I'm very lucky that I've got a very good following and a very positive following in terms of people wanting to support myself the charity um and because of that i've kind of taken advantage of that and um and done it for, for the better good so hopefully um hopefully we can continue to raise a bit more money for uh, the whole process now i read somewhere that you'd, you'd done something special with your hair i know i'm wondering why you've got your cap on is it still a, a certain color um no 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 i dyed it i got in trouble off work don't get me in anymore no it's going back <laughs> It's growing back, but I've also found myself. I'm not sure if I'm receding because it never. This never actually happened to me before because I've always had quite long hair. But I'm not sure if I'm receding. So if you see me, yeah. But people need to know that if I, I've not shaved it for a, a hair job, I promise you. No, nah, joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I actually haven't. But, we don't want to yeah, start anything with. Amazing. We want to say you. a massive thank you very much. What you're doing and what you do with Once Upon a Smile is absolutely fantastic. And yeah. I do know that so many charities have been hit by the pandemic and we need to start helping them now because they they need our help more than ever, don't they? So, uh, yeah. yeah. Get some chocolate bars down. You get that energy going. Don't <laughs> wear heels. Gotta watch the shin, I can't. <laughs> yeah, you get used to that after a while. Anyway, Danny Miller, thank you so much for your time this evening. Oh, Good guys, luck with honestly, it. Honestly, thank you so much. Cheers, guys. I appreciate Good it. Luck. Thank Take you. Care. Thank you. Danny Miller, everybody. So much going on at the moment. We want to bring back one of our wonderful, fantastic followers, supporters, and all round lovely guy. That's Mr. Carlos de Bihan. Manchester Pride this year, they've uh, they've sent out their uh, their press release and they've announced that on the Saturday and the Sunday, it's going to be digital throughout the day. Um, and they're going to be doing uh, working with creatives and DJs on the Saturday, um, and sort of having a, a sort of uh, sort of digital content for people who, uh, who are staying at home. And also on the Sunday, then it's going to be uh, working with Superbia and also with Youth Pride. So there's a lot of work going on there. And then on the on the Monday, um, I know they're still still in sort of talks to sort of look what they can do, but doing a uh, a virtual sort of vigil that will still take place. 
I'm still really interested in trying to sort of try and do something across GM on the Monday, but that's something that I'm still sort of working on. Um, but I, I think, um, you know, under the under the circumstances we're in, uh, there's been so many things that have been virtual prides and uh, sort of digital. It's going to be it's going to be interesting how it works because um, because people are now going out and socialising. Um, I think that there will still be people that will go to the village and come into Manchester and also just go out anyway with it being a bank holiday weekend. What have you thought about these virtual prizes that we've had, Carl? Have you been involved in quite a few of them? Have you have you thought they've been a good thing? See, I think the, the difference of the virtual prizes as well, I think because people up until the 4th of July, people had to stay at home. People weren't able to go out. Um, people weren't given that opportunity to socialise. Whereas now we're, we are able to do that. So um, I'm hoping that um, to, to do this and to pull it off, it's going to be something, you know, it's, it's going to be really spectacular because um, I've, I've seen some of them and I'm really pleased the fact that, you know, I think one of the first ones for Greater Manchester was, was Tameside. And I'm really pleased with that because Tameside last year, it was the first time they'd ever done a Pride event at all. And I just think that they, they you know, they really went for it and they really sort of pulled it off. And then obviously we had Salford the other week, we've had Wigan. So I think it's been great to sort of get people still connected because I think people feel like they're missing out. People feel like they're, they're not being able to be them true selves because Pride is the event that many, many people, many people in the LGBTQ plus spectrum look forward to all year round. And I just worry that um, it's, it's something that, that's being taken away from them. So I think we need to sort of look at how we can sort of try and build up people's confidence because I think the confidence thing um, is important, especially when we're coming to, to health and mental, well, mental health and well-being. I'm dubious about the fact of having so many people in in one space, but also as long as we're social distancing and if things, if, if people are enjoying themselves, but then the virtual is an opportunity for them to sort of do things at home. It's going to be very strange though without us doing the parade, isn't it? Well, what you mean last time when I jumped on your back? <laughs> I remember that very, very well, Carl. I'm still having counselling for it, Carl, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> I mean, I love the parade. You know, I, 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 whatever, wherever I've been the night before, I always make sure that I know that I'm going to be there and I'm going to enjoy it. And I, I think I've, I've probably been in the parade. Sometimes I've probably not even been invited to be in the parade, but I still do the parade um, for probably the last sort of 20 odd years. The parade is powerful. The parade sort of sends a clear message. And I think the parade is something that everyone looks forward to. And it's a family atmosphere. It's a friendly atmosphere. You know, we have, we have a few little issues, a lot, you know, a few little problems that we know of on the way, but it's just that's part and parcel of the parade, I think. And, and, you, and you, you come to expect that. And to sort of, as soon as you sort of cross over the, the tram lines in St. Peter's Square, it becomes sort of the gay heaven, doesn't it? It, it, sort, it sort of changes. The, the, the families sort of move away a little bit, and then it becomes sort of that little middle bit of the road, then it becomes very gay in the village, and all you're doing there is just looking for your friends to wave and sort of, hiya, um, and do all that, and sort of have that little bit of fun. And I, I, I'm gonna, I think I'll miss the parade more than I'll miss anything else this year. Getting back to Pride, though, I know that you've, you've given us a few nuggets there, Carl. Do you have any kind of idea of what acts might be? revealed or is that still something that's under wraps 
I think that's something that uh, Manchester Pride have been trying to sort of uh, work out and deal with because I'm not sure whether or not it's going to be uh, completely all new content. I'm not sure, I'm sure whether they're going to sort of bring back some of the, you know, some of the highlights that we've had that that we've not that they've not shown previously. Um, I, I'm, I'm interested and, and I'm excited to see what what's going to happen, um, but at the same time. I'm, I'm nervous about the fact that we're, you know, there's a lot that can happen. We've we've seen the the way that the government changed its mind so quickly in the last in the last few weeks. When's it happening? It's happening August Bank Holiday weekend. It's the twenty uh, the twenty ninth, the thirtieth, and the thirty first of August. Um, and yeah, so my wedding anniversary as well. I think we're all looking forward to it, aren't we? Oh, his wedding anniversary. What a better time to celebrate it. Carl, we want you back in the studio soon. And, oh, I can't wait to give you a cuddle when we get to give people a cuddle. I I miss miss my hugs. I really do miss my hugs. Well, we'd love a number one podcast. And hopefully one day we'll get one, Belle. But for now, let's talk to a number one podcaster himself. Scott McGlynn tells us all. Yeah, so basically the podcast I grab anyone I can on that show. Um, so it's so, like Craig Kelly, for example, he's really awesome. Uh, like just people just have got a story to tell and I kind of ask the questions that I'm not allowed to ask. So I kind of just get stuff out of them just to kind of get the juicy details. But it's also important to kind of share, you know, coming out stories. You know, if you're like a Hollywood actor and you know, you'll come out as gay, does that affect your career? And you know, and just loads of insights on the, the industry, like from music to writing to yeah, acting, it's just so many different stories to tell. And I just use that platform as much as I can just to get them out there. So uh, on your podcast, then if you could have an ideal guest, who would that be? Uh, do you know do you know what? I, I have been trying to get Nadine Coyle. That's just because I'm a fan of hers. That's it'd just be lovely to get her, but um, no luck there. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> I don't know. I think, do you know what? I think I'm just very grateful for every guest I have. And um, I've got so many more lined up. So I think I just take everyone by stride, you know, and just have fun with it and just. Well, I've I've got to say, I'm really jealous about you and your relationship with your guests because guests come and go on our show. And we like to think they're a bit of our acquaintances and, you know, they'll they'll text us on the odd occasion. You actually become friends with them, don't you? And, like, you still keep in touch. I hope you keep in touch with us too. Are we your friends now, Scott? Absolutely. Like, I I, I will keep in touch. I'll be calling you when I get to Manchester. Don't worry. (laughs) Um, But it is crazy. I think it's just... You know, I, I, like Perez Hilton, I had on the show twice, and you wow. know, we, we still contact here and there. Like Daniel Franzese, uh, I speak to him a lot. Um, Craig Kelly, like, we literally exchange numbers and we're like chatting a lot, um, just about like future projects and stuff. And he just like launched a podcast, and I think I give him like the idea to do it. I just said, just do it, just do it, you'll love it, and he's loving it. Oh, but yeah, what, what's yeah. the plan then? I mean, obviously, you've talked about maybe the tour. You've got mm. this number one podcast, which is amazing, doing 100 podcasts. That is no mean feat. And obviously, you. you've still got the influencer side where you're working with skincare brands a lot, aren't you? So where do you want to yeah. go? Do you know what? I'm just taking everything out of the time. Like, my manager and PR team is, like, keeping me very busy. So <laughs> I'm just, like, whatever comes, like, this come my way. And I, I saw you guys, because I think I had I had Rod, Ronan Park on my show, and I saw him on your guys. I was like, absolutely, I absolutely love uh, what you guys do. I was like, yes, I would do it. Um, but, yeah, I just, like, everything just comes. And, 
yeah, just take everything I can. Um, yeah, and just be creative oh, all the time. Ask, Glenn, how do you keep yeah. your skin looking so flawless? <laughs> do you know what? Uh, it's looking. It's it, it's not always like this, by the way. I think it's like light in today, <laughs> but <laughs> like it's. I still suffer from like acne and spots and stuff. And I use my platform to kind of share that because when I was growing up, I didn't have that platform. Well, social media wasn't even active when I was growing up, but I just want to give young guys, young girls, whoever, you know, you're beautiful the way you are, you know, and just these projects I kind of recommend is that works. So please don't like, you know, be sold on a celebrity selling it or like a, a price tag because it's not always like that. It's just, these products works for me and hopefully they work for them. And that's um, really hard for you to do because I imagine you must get sent lots of different skincare products. So, mm. you know, it must be really important for you to make sure that you get it right, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And I always, I've always said this, I always trial um, products two weeks before I actually post anything on my social media to make sure I get the results. I can see a difference, you know, it's not, damaging my skin because you get some skin products that are quite chemical and burn your skin which i've definitely had in the past um you just you know i just recommend the right things and i don't recommend anything or speak about anything that i haven't tried and i wouldn't recommend to anybody um which is the which is the right thing to do for well, it, you I've know? got to say, I, I've been a convert in lockdown because I used to use makeup remover wipes Oh, ah. <laughs> perish the now. thought and now i do actually cleanse tone and moisturize and i actually yes. I love the routine before bed and i've got a bamboo cloth and i get my makeup all, all off with this bamboo and I, it feels oh, yeah, bamboo. my skin feels great i will never go back to makeup wipes they're selling a water that's yes. the future Absolutely, makeup wipes is a definitely no-no because it never gets off the whole makeup it just like melt it over your face it just keeps going round and round um so i'm glad you changed your skin routine I'm i know I have, I have done <laughs> have you got a favorite product or is that asking you too much because i know it's like naming your favorite baby i know do you know what i have like i really mix it up and i'm right now i am loving the brand skin protocols they are they're quite of an expensive side but they work for the skin and that's what matters. Um, so I've done a couple of videos on those, but that brand right now I'm just in love with. Um, so where you can know, people find you then, Scott? Um, everywhere. So everywhere. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Uh, but like, <laughs> no, <laughs> I like on Instagram, uh, my name is Scott, uh, Scott McGlynn official on Twitter is Scotty McGlynn. Um, yeah. Oh, to be back in the world of the theatre and one wonderful company that's doing just that is just out theatre is ben wilson yeah so we are a company that really loves like new writing um particularly like new writers who are based in the north so what we used to do project we started right at the start of the year was we would host um scratch nights every month where new writers could kind of come and we would perform like 10 minute sections of their pieces they get feedback and meet other people uh, and then obviously lockdown happened and you couldn't get into any live performance spaces anymore so what we started to do, because we realized people still wanted to sort of have their things performed, actors and directors still wanted to work and just kind of be creative, is that we started our new radio uh, play program called Just Out Stays In, where we'd like release a new radio play from a Northern-based writer uh, every single week.
That is fantastic. Now, on what platform can people listen to these radio plays? Do you have to have a ticket or is it kind of access for everyone? It's access for everyone. So we release them every Wednesday. It's released one today, actually, uh, uh, from 12 p.m. Uh, and you can find that on our YouTube channel, Just Out Theatre. And we'll uh, release all our links on our social medias like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram as well. Did you just say every day? Every Wednesday. Oh, I was thinking, I every wow, day. that's a lot. a lot of work yeah. to do But every Wednesday is... is yeah, one a week is a lot. That, that's fantastic. Now, back in the day, I used mm -hmm. to do a bit of acting myself. Oh, you yeah. did? I did oh, a little well. bit. You're not going to do some now, are you? I was in a play called The Angel of Nitch Hill Road, so I have done a radio play. And it is very different than oh, yeah. a theatre performance. Uh, Sometimes you feel like it has to be bigger. And of course, it's the sound effects. You know, mm -hmm. how has that been doing that kind of genre? I think it's really interesting because it's so different. You don't get that kind of audience response and feedback right there from the initial. Like, actors really respond well to having a really active audience there. Um, so you kind of just have to put it out there and hope that people respond well to it. You can't get that initial feedback. But I think it also means that people can go bigger in the moment when they're recording. And of course, because it's not live, you can try it as many times as you like and get that perfect kind of take. I wonder what that feels like, I'll be honest with you. Hey. But the sound effects, I'm interested in the sound effects. I've got to say, have you been doing like any horses and going clip the clock? <laughs> what, what have you been using for the, for the props? Um, not yet. Well, we find a lot of them uh, from YouTube, i got to say, uh, BBC sound effects as well. Um, but oh, sometimes we'll have to use... That. I know, I sorry. Be like one of you going out to the front of the house and going bing bong. I almost <laughs> did that the other day. I do apologise, Ben. She has lost the plot. <laughs> we, did have, uh, we do have a play we just released which had a sound um, stage direction which was like the letterbox opens and it took me so long to find one I was really tempted just to go downstairs to our door and like have my phone out and just like open the letterbox from the other side. I think it was just too much effort. <laughs> Well, now, you talked about doing lots of uh, the Northern plays as radio yeah. plays. Uh, I think that is what your company champions, the Northern mm -hmm. writing. Have you got any particular playwright that has, has stood out for you, uh, you know, a favourite one? Uh, I, I won't play favourites. Um, I think one I really liked is this, um, I mean, I like them all, obviously, but there's a playwright, um, Jill, her name is Julie Sumption. Uh, and she wrote a really great piece that we um, released a few weeks ago called A is Four. And I really liked that one because it was kind of set quite locally. It was set in Eam back in like the 1700s when they were having a plague and everything. And it just felt really nice to have this kind of like local flavor infused into the piece. What makes Northern writing so good, do you think? I think it's really down to earth a lot of the time. I think people are really, they're writing about real people with real issues. Uh, and it's not also flouncy a lot of the time. So you can get things that really connect to people and maybe are a little bit more hard hitting or you don't see as much. But mm -hmm. how has it been for you? Because obviously, you know, you're doing this, which is great. And you're still having a platform to, to show this amazing work. But in terms of finance, surely it's, it's got to be hard if there's no kind of income coming from doing these radio plays. How's that been for you? I mean, we don't really make any money anyway from it because no one makes money from the theatre. So we're kind of doing this mainly as a community-based project. So 
we're not we're just working with professionals we're also working with like amateurs and people who just really love theater and they want to get involved in it more um so we are doing it on basic equipment sometimes people are recording on their phones um so we really don't think money is too much of an issue and that's kind of the nice thing about it being kind of all digital now as well uh i guess the worrying thing is we're just thinking like in the future how are you gonna how are we gonna be able to fund well all the other theaters kind of going through a lot of financial issues too but i think that's the thing if people love theater they're gonna find a way to make it no matter what even if the money's not there and you must be seeing firsthand how theatre brings people together because yeah. when people are performing and there's no money involved, it's purely mm -hmm. for the passion, isn't it? And, and I think people are forgetting that, you know, lots of theatre people have that heart and that, that desire to perform. And are you guys all enjoying this, doing what you're doing? Yeah, I think we all really do uh, enjoy it a lot. It's really nice to have that outlet still. Um, it obviously doesn't compare to the real, um, to like, live physical performances uh particularly like i like to direct a lot so being in a room with other people kind of making those discoveries about a play is really really that's what i love so kind of taking that step back and doing everything over zoom such like that it does lose a little bit of its spark but it's still a really nice new challenge and i'm really glad that we've got this to kind of continue the work that we're doing Brilliant. So again, let us know where we can find these radio plays. I know that they're every Wednesday. I've got that every right Wednesday, now. Every Wednesday, yeah, yeah. Not every day. So you can go to our YouTube channel, Just Out Theatre, uh, and you can also follow us on um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's also all at Just Out Theatre, um, where we will be sort of posting updates, plays that are coming out, uh, things to do to get involved because everything we do is open submission so if you are a writer or an actor or a director and you want to get involved with that please send us an email you can submit your pieces to us and we like to choose uh the pieces sort of towards the end of every month so we're currently accepting pieces to be recorded in august and released in september oh we had a good show didn't we wasn't that really very very wonderful so join us for our live show or if you missed that Get the best bits here on Bell and Shell's podcast. Indeed. Make sure you check it all out every single week, only on... Your, your Manchester. Manchester. And leave us a review, because we'd love you very much. Oh, very much so. Very, very much. Very, very much so.